You're listening to Radio Influence. Hello. How are you? Are you hanging in there? Are you hanging in there? I mean, I try to come on here. You know what? I'm healthy. So it starts there. If you're not healthy, I will give you positive vibes coming across the the these signals, these uh, the Zoom recorder into you where you're ever listening. If it's in your iPod or your your car or however you're listening to me, I really I'll say a little prayer for you. The man upstairs help help you because you're supporting me. My thing is. If you're not healthy, I feel for you. If you are healthy, you know what? The little stuff, we got to stop, start sweating it. We, 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 You know what I mean? So I'm just happy. I'm happy to be here on the Rock Stops here with you. I had a nice visit with my buddy, Ian Beckles, that he's a man of many hats. And it's football season. The baseball playoffs are going to be starting right now. We're going to go into fall, which is my favorite time of year. It will get close to the holidays. Uh, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays of all time. And so thank you for tuning in, man, here to the Rock Stops Here podcast. All right. I'm a busy, busy, busy man. And I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. Obviously, I'm covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really, really heavy. I figure why not? You got one chance for one of the greatest athletes, players of all time in any sport, Tom Brady. How often does that happen? How often does a team try to defend their Super Bowl championship? Champa Bay, the Rays, or what they're doing, and they're getting ready now for the postseason. And, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be starting, and they have won back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. There's also boxing that I'm following and some local guys, and I can't wait for Keith Thurman's next fight and all the other events that take place. My buddy, a friend of mine, just became the CEO of Powerboat Racing, P1. They're out of the United Kingdom. He's the United States guy. You got these big powerboat races. There's going to be, there's so much that goes on here and it's, and, and the weather's going to start breaking. So you see, you see, I'm bringing the positive vibes to you. All right. I try not to go to X's and O's, you know, the big storylines in the NFL, things like that. I, I, I'll do that on a Bucks kickoff podcast, which I do exclusively on JoeBucksFan.com. They get huge numbers, huge numbers and uh, clicks. So that's more X's and O's, but you know, I can't not, you know, here we are now getting ready for week number three. And isn't it funny on how different one week is in the NFL? It's not like this in college. You're going to get your upsets here and there, but pretty much, you know, Alabama is going to be there. The Florida Gators had a hell of a game. They, 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 they took Alabama right down to the end and a missed kick and, and in the swamp and then they played the Tom Petty and uh, it was really, really cool to see. But for pretty much college football, you kind of know what you're going to see. But with the NFL, it's unbelievable. The difference between week one, like Jameis Winston was five touchdowns, no interceptions the first week, opening week. And it's overreaction Monday. It's always like that because, see, it's only once a week. That's the beauty of football. That's why I think we're so locked into each and every game because they don't play every night or three times a week. And 
you know, Bruce Arians, who is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, goes, it don't mean shit to me. He goes, the first week I don't put much stock into it because it's the first week that your starters have played like a whole game. They haven't done that. You're still not in football shape. That's what Tom Brady said after this win on Sunday. We're we're still getting in football shape. I'm like, wow. But you had all training camp. You guys have been working out. He does the TB12 workout, his diet. But still, it's not game, playing a whole game. So it's really, really interesting. But we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I'll give you a little bit more behind the scenes of what it's like. And I think everybody is pretty doing a pretty good job, you know, with, with, uh, with the pandemic and what's going on. Seriously, I think everybody's doing a pretty, for the most part, for the most part, is doing a pretty good job. You know, all right, let me welcome in my guest here now. He is, uh, I consider him a friend, even though we do not hook up much at all. Uh, there's just something about Ian Beckles that I, you know, I connect with because he's not just a football guy, not just a former NFL player. And, but I really respect that. Anybody that makes it to the show in baseball and NHL, you go that far, you made it to there. That's incredible, man, because it's such a small, small percentage that makes it that far. But when you're done, you're young. It's life after football. And he is really, he's really something else. He's got his hands and he has his hat in a whole bunch of different stuff. So I ventured down to his dignitary cafe and uh, I thought my podcast with him was a little bit longer. <laughs> so I really owe him down the road another one or to continue. But you know what? You do it. You do it once. Boom. There you go. You post it. And here you go. So football player, talk show host, uh, party promoter, uh, businessman, DJ. Uh, I can go down the list. He's really something else. So without further ado, he was nicknamed by the late, great sports talk show host, Chris Thomas in Tampa Bay, Canadian Bacon. He gave him that name, Chris Thomas did, because when he first got into radio, you could tell he had a knack for it, but just like anything else, you learn as you go and go along. And he even mentions it here in the podcast. So without further ado, this is straight from the Dignitary Cafe. What a place. Here he is, Ian Beckles. Ian, Ian the man, the man of many, many, many hats. How are you, my man? I do own a lot of hats. You do? New era, size eight. Oh, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. That's big. I thought I had a big head. You are, uh, you are the man, you are, you, you are the man. Okay. You are the man in Tampa. You are the man in afternoon drive and radio. Try to be. You are the man as far as starting up events. You are a man amongst town and you are a good man. And it's an honor for me to be into your cafe here. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you, Rock. First of all, we don't see each other enough. I consider you a friend. We've hung out a few times. Uh, your name comes up a lot. And you know why it's, it's, I'm going to tell you this? is because it's always in a good light. And it's when people in the industry talk about somebody in a good light, it means they're a good person. So, you know, we're, we're from the same cloth, man. 
You know what I mean? We're still in the same. We're, we're, we're close. We don't look alike, but we're from the same cloth. You, thank you. Thank oh, you, thank okay. you, thank okay. you. And all the way back. You know, you grew up in Montreal. Yep. Montreal to the NFL and beyond living in Florida. That's quite, uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, it, it is, you know, I, you know, it's not like Montreal is a, a, a poor city or not a lot of people are successful out of Montreal. I mean, it's a beautiful city as far as being a melting pot, as far as what it offers. There's very few cities in the world that offer as much as Montreal. Now I didn't have any money growing up, so I didn't get a chance to experience a lot of it, but you know, if you're being a hockey, if you're going to turn, you're going to be a hockey player. There's no better place to grow up than Montreal, Canada. I mean, Vinny LeCavier, uh, Marty St. Louis, Alex Kalorn, uh, Andre, Berdour, uh, Martin Bredor. They're from my neighborhood. Okay, not they're not from the they're from my neighborhood. And there's a lot of other names as well. But believe it or not, there's quite a few NFL players that are from my area. So football is, is, is big. Um, and there was, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of athletic talent in, in Montreal, Canada. Now, when did you start getting serious about football? I, I actually started, I played hockey first. Okay. I, I, my father being West Indian descent, didn't know anything about football. He loved the game of hockey because we're in Montreal, Canada. You don't have much of a choice. So he put me in hockey to start with. Uh, I was, I would say to this day, probably the worst hockey player that ever put ice uh-huh. skates on in Montreal. It was terrible. I just I'd never skated before. Put me in hockey and it was just not an enjoyable thing. Uh, I remember walking in the park and a, a coach seeing me and asking me, son, how old are you? I said seven. And he gave me a note and he says, give this to your parents. And it said, your kid should be playing football. So I gave it to my, my mother and then I decided to play football instead of hockey and it pissed my dad off because I spent a lot of money and all that equipment. Right. But it was clear to me that football was my sport uh, as in lieu of hockey because, I mean, I was good at one and terrible at the other. And I'm built for one and not built for the other. But seven, I started playing football at seven. When did you start taking it though serious? Like you end up going to the University of Indiana, you know, where, where, where were you at in your mind then? I'm getting a scholarship. I'll go. I'm going further. I'm going in the NFL. Where were you then? That's, that's a, it's a good question. You know, when I look at my football career from beginning to end, it just kind of all morphs together because, excuse me, it feels like the next level was always almost unattainable, if that makes sense. Like when you're playing peewee hockey, uh, when you're playing peewee football, you're looking at the bantam football players, you're like, oh my God, look how big those guys are. They're only two years older, but they're better than you because they're two years older than you. So it kind of kept on going that way. Like, I think I'm good, but I'm not that good. But that it keeps on happening. Even when you get to, I'm playing Indiana. So uh, I started for Indiana. I'm sitting there watching uh, a television. I'm watching Keith Millard who that year had 20 sacks for the, 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 the Vikings. I'm like, well, I can't block that guy, so I can't play in the NFL. Then you fast forward to a year forward, and I'm blocking Keith Millard. So I didn't really have enough time to gather myself ever. Like, as soon as you like, I can't, then, then you're doing it. So then it's kind of the, it's the next challenge. So football, without football, I'm not sure where I would be. Like, I'm curious about that sometimes. Like, if football didn't exist, where would I be? I think I have a mentality that might have excelled somewhere else, but I'm not sure where. I'm curious about that, though. Now, you get into the NFL, and you stay in the NFL. How did you How did you do it? Uh, nobody ever asked me that question. It's a great question. Uh, want to. I just don't. I don't like to lose. I don't like to disappoint. Um 
And that's been my mentality. If right now we play rock, paper, scissors, I want to win. And that's just my mentality. I, I think this can sound cocky, but I don't know why people think the word cocky is negative. I don't think it's negative. When I compete at something, I expect to win or else I won't compete. I won't do it. There's some things I'm not good at. You know what? I don't do them. Okay. So if I put my hand on the ground, I'm going against Reggie White or John Randall or Howie Long or Chester McLaughlin or Gilbert Brown. Doesn't matter. You, if you don't think you could win, you won't. So to me, it's confidence, but confidence is bred through preparation. And as you get older, you realize this. I've been behind a microphone for over 20 years now. The way I did it at the beginning is certainly not the way I'm doing it now. Just like anything else. You've been behind that mic a long time. When you first picked that mic up, you sucked. That's just the way it goes. And I didn't suck, but I wasn't ready. But I, I was ready to always put in the work to attain the goals. I'm not scared to work. That's the one thing. I'm, I, I like to work. If I, if I wake up in the morning without a purpose, then I have a problem. So I, I, I need to have some my juices flowing. It's important. You, uh, you know, very successful on the radio and then, but so much more, so much more that you do. Is it just, uh, you just, you just, uh, you, you do a lot of, you wear a lot of hats, man. You know? <laughs> I do have a lot of hats and it's because you like, to, you like to broaden your horizons a little bit. That came with age. I think, I think when I was young playing football, um, I was so, you know, into football, there was no time to really branch off and do anything. And then when I finished playing football, um, and I'm going to test this to something. Uh, I am a, uh, a an advocate of marijuana. Okay, I do it legally. I have my card. Um, when I started smoking marijuana, after I didn't smoke marijuana until I was 35. When I started smoking marijuana after I finished playing ball, then a lot of the world started opening up to me. Art, you know, music, and 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 just experiencing the world but i think when i was young you know being so into football i don't think i enjoyed the world i didn't enjoy because i was i had to be tense all the time like it was family football money and there was no enjoy enjoyment now i'm done with football i love to go eat some wonderful food i love preparing food i love music i love djing i love to go to a cafe and hang out i i own a cafe we sell tea and kratom and kava and all those things i'm starting to get involved with so you just kind of you got to broaden your horizons and, and try some different stuff man you know i mean and and then and then you still had your hand in entertainment and djing and you set up parties here and there. Mm -hmm. You still do that as well. Well, well, actually, tonight I'm going to be DJing at Elmer's on uh, McDill tonight from eight to midnight. If you have something going on, just come and hang out. Uh, I like, I love music. I just I'm wearing a black Sabbath shirt. You know, there's not too many 300 pound black men walking around with black Sabbath shirts. Although Black Sabbath was the first concert I ever saw, Mob Rules tour, Ronnie James Dio, back in the day. So I love music, man. Like, and, and listen, I love. I was and when hip hop was born, I was there. Uh, I I love classic rock. Uh, I love jazz. I love R and B. Love music in general. I mean, I love to go see um, uh, Bocelli. And like, you ever seen Bocelli in concert? No. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. And you know what? You don't have to love the music. It's just a beautiful thing. It's something you have to experience. So as I get older, I'm just trying to experience more things because when you're gone, it's that's it. You know what I mean? And as we get older, Rock, as we look around us, 
every week we're talking about somebody else. You're like, oh my God, really? So I'm trying to enjoy, I'm trying to enjoy Friday. And then when I wake up tomorrow, then I'm gonna try to enjoy Saturday. Forget about December, Friday. I can't thank you enough, man. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. I appreciate it. No, anytime, you know that. Thank you, Ian. I was a little bit under the weather on this one. Uh, let's just say, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know what I mean? You know, you're not on your A game. So I, I'd like to go a little bit longer with him. But you know what? When I did listen to it, he covered some interesting points that I did want to get to. The thing about, the one thing is like, he's not just a football analyst. He's a good one. He 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 watches his film. He's always done that. And And again, he played at the NFL level. You know, I respect and I also, you know, I would say bow down to, but, you know, when they were out there and they played at that level, then I, I listen to what he sees. He sees some things that I just wouldn't know because I didn't play at that level. I played high school. What, one year? I played midget football. Yeah, they actually called it midget football. Seriously, midget. It was peewee, JV, and varsity. And then freshman year. And then I didn't play sophomore year. The coach wanted you to get your hair cut real short. I wanted to have my hair long. Yeah, really, seriously. Because my father used to always make my brothers and I get a real short haircut, just enough to part. Oh, we get flat top haircuts. I was sick of it. Now I'm in high school. I wanted to grow my hair long. And this coach, football coach is ridiculous. I went back out on junior year. I was a quarterback and a DB, the kicker, the punter. And we had a guy that went to the Seattle Seahawks at least training camp and he was big and he was like six, three or something. And I was like, I ain't going to play quarterback. And then that was the end of that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ian is so much more than that. But what I did take from that, the one thing I do agree with him on, it's like, why is marijuana not legal? I know we have dispensaries, but compared to alcohol, you know, when is the last time you saw somebody, that it was high on on just weed and had a little buzz on that was going to try to like rob somebody, rape somebody, steal from somebody, commit crimes, try to get in a fight. Now they're mellow. It mellows them out. You know what I mean? Compared to somebody that's like really, really drunk. But we could go on and on. That's for another day. But I agree with him there. Um, And something else that he said, and I didn't, take it all in when I was there with him until later when I listened on how he admitted when he first got into radio compared to now, the amount of preparation that he does, how would he have known? He didn't know, you know, he had a knack for it. And, and it's funny I'm the same way. Like I prepare now way more than I ever did when I was starting out and even early on, you know what I mean? A lot of times, Look, I am a big wing it guy uh, that drives my wife crazy. You know, I the most fun I usually have is something that has never been planned. And it drives my wife crazy. She's like, why don't you plan out these some great vacations for us? You know, and sometimes I just like, let's go and see what happens. But we're, you know, you got to compromise when you're married. And so I'm working on that to plan out 
like a, a little vacation and plan out something. I planned something when we dropped off our daughter in Georgia and it really worked out good. And that's all she asked. That's all she has. But the, a lot of times I will, I will come home and I'll be like, whoa, what just happened? What a day. What a night that was. And it wasn't planned. There were times, I've had times where when I used to go to my buddy's house, Whitney Johnson, he's another, uh, he's a radio uh, sports talk character legend he's been on the podcast the grateful shed he loves the grateful dead and i swear there have been there have been times where i would just go over to his house and all of a sudden say what's going on we're going to a concert where you going we're going to a concert there was one time we're going to the dixie chicks you love the dixie chicks you mr grateful dead you classic classic hard rocker you like the dixie chicks yeah i like the dixie chicks we're going and we got an extra ticket you want to go uh, what the hell? And I end up going right from there, right? I just came over to visit him at his house. He had this his little house. This is before he's married. Now he's married, you know, his wife. You don't want to just stop in, you know, you make sure it would be okay and plan it out. You know what I mean? When you're married, it's different. But there was times where I would just stop over and it's like, boom, next thing you know, boom. An hour later, I'm in Tampa at the Forum, which is now Emily Arena, and the place is, you know, 19,000 and they're standing singing the songs to this. And I got a little buzz on and I'm with Whitney and we're, I'm not the Dixie Chicks. So like I had no idea when I woke up that morning that I was going to go there. That's happened before. There was another time where I went over to his house and he said he was going to a concert. And I said, he goes, but we don't have a ticket for you. But you know what? We know the promotions guy at the radio station that might be there. Hopefully he'll still be there. He may have a ticket. You want to go and just chance it? And I'm like, we have a beer. You get a little buzz. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm in the car with him. And I'll never forget. We get to the arena and we go to where they have the tent set up where the radio station is. And we see the guy and the guy is there. And we're like, you got any tickets? He goes, oh, sorry, man. I don't have, I don't have two. I only have one ticket. And I'm like, that's all I need. Because nobody goes, a lot of times, most most of the time, you don't go by yourself and just see if you can get, you know, a ticket like that and spur the moment. It's usually two, you know what I mean? Are you going to bring somebody, go to a concert with somebody? And it was great. It was like the timing was unbelievable. I've been very, very lucky a lot of times like that. And then go in and boom, and it's like, wow, I can't believe I'm here at a concert. Again, I didn't know it. So anyway, but the preparation when when it comes to job, when it comes to work, when it comes to being on air, um, I like to be prepared. I don't like the wing in it. No, 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 no. It's like anything. Do you agree? Like for your job, if you have a big, a big project or something that has to be done now, or you got a big meeting or a sales pitch, or you got to come through, isn't it nerve wracking and scary when you're not prepared? You're crapping bricks, man. You know, I hate that feeling. Oh my God, I'm not prepared. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried. It, it, it's going to cause you the, the chance of failure is pretty high. So I thought that that was pretty good. Ian even admitted that on how much more homework that he does. And, you know, it's like when you fill in, like, well, I'll give you an example. I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast. I didn't do it at all last year. 
It's at Amelie Arena where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. Now, they have sold out every single game going back a couple of years, 19,000 strong. Last year, year before, different with the COVID. Okay? Totally different. Um, But I have been on TV. I was at one station for 18 years. And again, I always say it feels like I was there for three or four years. And when you're, when you're, when it's long past it, like it was a blur and no one cares about the past. And so, but when I go to fill in, his name is JP. He's the main host every night between periods, pregame, you, you come out, you're on the big board at the arena. It's all scripted out. You have what they call an IFB in your ear, the director is yelling out stuff to the camera guy, to the audio, to something else. We don't have that. We got to drop this. We got to go that. And that's in your ear while you are talking. Everybody's on the same channel. Now, when I worked in TV, a lot of times when you're doing live shows, I did I did a live show. I did a live show for 14 years, every single night, you know, live with live. I like it live because you can't go back. You can't. If you mess up, that's it. And there's something about that. I like that. A lot of times when you're taping something and you know you can do it over, you're like, oh, that didn't sound that good. Let me do it over again. No, lie, boom, boom, done, boom. Love it. But it was always 11 o'clock at night. And that's the end of the day when you got to be at your best. That's kind of hard. And you had a lot of stuff going on in your life during the day and the kids and this and that, blah, 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 and then boom, 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 but whatever. But when I I only fill in, so I don't do it every night. And, and, and they go, you know, you might go a whole season and then maybe at the end of the season. Oh, can you fill in now for JP tomorrow night? Okay. Boom. Well, I haven't been doing it. I'm not at all these games. There was actually the first time that I did it and filled in in front of 19,000 fans. And I hadn't even been to a game that season. That's just how it worked out. You know, I hadn't even seen how, what they were doing. And tell me that isn't nerve wracking. And so that's my point. Even though I have done live TV, that's just in front of a camera. That's not a live audience. And when I would do it and go, even if I get called lucky enough or fortunate enough to get called as this season's going on and he needs a day off and I'm still in the mix, I will be nervous. I'll try to tell myself I'm not. So I try to prepare. You try to do yourself. You try to look over, you read it over a couple times. There was one time where I didn't have enough, it wasn't given to me or something. I'm reading it like five minutes ago before. And that's nerve wracking. So I thought that was interesting. I think the further along you go. Now, Roxanne Wilder, who is a uh, morning co-host on a morning show, she, when I did the podcast with her, it was funny. She was like, I do less preparation now. Than I did back in the day when I first started. I was like, wow, that's just the opposite of me. But she's not the main, just the host that has to drive the show to come up with the topics. She'll chime in. You know, it's in a different situation. But if you're running this the, the, the show, you got to do your preparation. So my thank you to Ian. Thank you, thank you, thank you, buddy. You are the man. And let's do it again where I can go a little bit longer. I appreciate that. Uh, A couple of things I did want to mention. It's so funny my weekends now. My daughter is a cheerleader in Pop Warner. She's done it for several years, so it's great. She she took a break last year. 
she did dance. She's done other stuff, little gymnastics. She's done this and that, but she just missed it. She wanted to, so she got back in it, even after being out last year, picked it right up, knew all the cheers, everything that they're a little older now. They do a little bit more. They compete after the season is over. They try to go to Disney. That's where you got the nationals. Uh, they do the regionals and blah, 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 blah. But it's so funny on Saturday mornings, I'm at pop Warner football and I love watching the football. I'm watching my daughter, obviously, and watching the cheers and all that and do the clapping at the end. And of course that's, that's my main focus, but I'm, I'm a guy I'm football. So I watch and I'm watching and I watch and they do a really, really good job. When I played football, I hated practice. It was not fun. It just wasn't love the games hated practice. It wasn't like that when I played basketball. I love, I love practice. I love games. Baseball, I love practice. I love playing on my own. I love pitching to my buddies. I love is shagging balls. I love, I love all of it. And then of course she loved the games. Football, hated practice. Maybe that's just me and played the game, loved the games. So it's not fun. Football's not fun. I remember Ian, he probably doesn't even remember this. I remember years ago when himself and this Tony Mayberry that played on the line with him, even Allstott, they all coached. And I remember when they were even coaching like in Pee Wee Pop Warner football. And Ian would tell me that the kids would come out, they'd be there with their parents or with a mom, and they'd be like, I, I want to be wide receiver. I want to I wanna, I wanna score touchdowns, man. <laughs> they want to do their dance. And what they see on TV. And Ian's like looking at a kid. He's big. He's heavy. Now you're going to put your hand in the dirt. And then he's going to get hit. And then he's got to do it again. And he's got to sweat. And he's got to. And it's not fun. And the kid's like, I'm done. I don't like this. You know what I mean? It's so funny. And there's two things that I'll take from this. And then I'll get on to the pros. On Saturdays, I'm at Pop Warner. And then on Sundays, I'm at an NFL stadium covering an NFL team. Or during the week. I'm at an NFL facility. So I'm pop one. Football is still football. Tackling, fundamentals, running the football, catching the football, blocking, knowing your assignment from Pop Warner to the NFL. It still is the same game. Isn't that funny? Isn't that something? But my daughter is in what's called the North Pinellas Panthers. It's a, a really, really good organization from cheer and the football uh brian bishop is one of the head coaches he's been in it a long time he was busting my balls the other day because i was on i i did you volunteer you got to volunteer put in a certain amount of hours i've been volunteering the last two home games for setup seven to nine you're really done by seven by eight eight thirty and you put up the tents, you bring out the stuff you carry water you put out the markers you you carry the benches over, stuff like that. I don't mind it. You know, and then you get it done. You feel like you did something. I'm not a volunteer guy. I admit it. I should volunteer at worthwhile causes, and I don't. So it's probably good for me. And I was on, then I came back, and my wife was volunteering later in the day during the games with garbage and water duty. And she was driving the golf cart. And... He, he, this Brian Bishop was busting my balls and he's like, put that on your podcast. You were doing garbage duty because, you know, I helped out my wife. I mean, it's my wife. You know, it's the garbage is overflowing. 
that's what I'll go over and help and take the put the new bag in and take all the stuff out and put it in the back and then we'll drive over and put it in the uh, the dumpster. But anyway, they do a great job. They do a great job, and most do. There was this opening game against another opponent in foot on the football side, and I just happened to be watching. I'm very observant. I'm always watching. I'm probably too much, and I'm watching. And the head coach of this football team, he is yelling at his kids. I mean, he's yelling the whole game at them. There's no positive reinforcement. Look, I know you have to have discipline. I know football is heavy discipline. I know that. I know that. But when the kids do do something good, you got to give some positive reinforcement. You got to. Arians does it. And if Bowles does it, defensive coordinator, Clyde Christensen, the quarterback's coach, even to Brady. No, there's discipline. No, these coaches, you know, there's discipline. Oh, they'll curse you out. There's no doubt about it if you screw up. But there's also positive reinforcement too. And there, this one coach was like, I was watching him the whole game, and he's just constantly yelling at it, bringing each kid all air. They come off the sidelines just the whole game. And then when they even scored a touchdown, it was a fake handoff and the quarterback rolled to the left and 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 waltzed into the end zone for a touchdown. And this this coach, this is an opposing coach. He actually is like, oh, see, see, look, come over here. I told you when you fake it like this and you go like that, you score a touchdown every time. I told you, my God. And he was, and the kid's just looking at him. And the quarterback for this team was good. And I'm looking at this kid, thinking the kid's probably in like sixth, seventh grade, and he's stuck with this coach at this day, it can't be any fun. And I fell for the kid, you know, but well, you got to move on. Like, it's just like you're going to have bad bosses. You're going to have bad employees, good workers, good people, bad people. But the one thing before I move on to the next subject, which is behind the scene with Brady, I got to give you a little Brady story. This is not X's and O's. So I want to give you a Brady story. But before I move on, I do want to say what I'm really, really, really impressed by with Pop Warner football, especially this Pinellas, North Pinellas Panthers, the amount of support that the parents and the families give on game day. It really is nice to see down here where we are in Florida. It is so stinking hot still. And you got to have the tent, these tents, the pop-up tents to provide some shade but you should see there's families that they have like a baby in a stroller they'll bring out a playpen and the kid the whole family is there and they're there for hours in the heat and they're there to support their kids whether it be cheer or whether it be football i think it's beautiful to see i really do you are doing these families are doing everything they can sacrificing in the heat on their day off with the other kids in the family that they, they, you know, they're all there and cheering for their kids. I think that's wonderful. And then I also think, and I really feel bad for kids that don't have a mom or a dad, how hard that must be. Oh my God. You know, really, uh, it, it gets to me, but it's just nice to see. There you go. There's a positive, man. I'm not trying to be Mr. Joe. Joe, everything, the, you know, bells and whistles, everything is great in life because there's certainly, that isn't how life works, but it's nice 
to see. All right, let me give you a little Tom Brady story. And this is not, I am not a home, I'm not trying to be a homer here, man. I'm going to call it like it is. If a guy is a jagoff, I'm going to tell you the guy is a jagoff. If he's a jerk, I'm going to tell you he's a jerk. I'm not everything is great because this is where I live and this is my team. So I had no, you know, I didn't know Brady. I had never covered Brady. I, I still really don't know him, but I am at the facility at least three days a week. And during training camp, I'm there for hours watching. So the, they do their thing. And then now I'm in tier two. At least I have been. You go in the media tent. You're there. You're there for an hour and a half, two hours. I do some homework. And then you come back out. You all get in line. Then they'll let you come out. You set up your equipment before you go to the media trailer or do you go to your car. You try to stand around, but it's 100 degrees. There's nowhere really to go. You don't want to leave the facility. You got a little beeper that they give you. The, the, you know, you know where everybody is around you. It records everything, man. It's, it's, it's a whole different way of doing things. And so you don't want to leave the facility and then with the beeper and all that jazz. So you, you hang around. Now practice is over. Now Thursday is the day that Tom Brady speaks. The quarterback, usually the once a week, the starting quarterback will speak. The media wants to talk to the quarterback. That's how it's, and that's how it's always been. That's nothing new. Usually it's Wednesday, sometimes it's Thursday. Used to be sometimes back in the day when I was there, the guy, the quarterback would do it at his locker. Now it's become more at a podium. Now they just have one microphone. You're for, you're at least six feet away. And okay, so here's the day. Now here comes Gronk talk. Here comes Tom Brady. Okay, so Brady comes out. He is he is tall, very tall. And when you see him up close and personal, he's tall. Gronk is huge too. But let me tell you this little story about Brady. So. He comes out. He's he's really pretty good, and I've mentioned this on 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 the podcast. Like he's so his time. Everybody wants a piece of Brady. So Brady comes out. He's not going to talk for too long. He answers your questions. He looks everyone in the eye. Like these are little things that I notice that are that to me are like big things. He looks. He gives everybody the time of day when they ask a question even though he's been doing this for 20 some years. Um, and okay. So he's, people are asking questions, media, boom, boom. I figured I want to get a question in boom. And you, you know, somebody asked a question. There's a second, two second pause. And I said, top. And then there were two, there's these uh, two female reporters. Very good. There's Jenna Lane from ESPN. She's the beat reporter for ESPN covering the Bucks, and Sarah Walsh from NFL Network. And the thing I really liked about Brady was he he noticed that I I was trying to jump in, and then he came back to me, and like they asked a question, they question, and he made sure he came back to me, and he and he looked me in the eye, and then he gave an answer. And someone asked something about Spanish and he did that. It's like, it's the little things. He doesn't talk down to anyone. You know what I mean? Being somebody being as, as great as he is now, just one little thing as we get ready for week number three, the sign of a good team is even when you're not playing good, you still get it done. And that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing right now. 
they're getting it done. Championship teams, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Like Derek Brooks mentioned on the last Rock Stops here uh, podcast, the ball's got to bounce your way. You got to stay away from the injury. Like it's got to all play into it, but you got to give yourself a chance. And the thing about it is with the Buccaneers, they're not playing that good. It's not like these teams are coming like loaded for bear because it is. Yeah, they're, they're probably playing a little bit harder, no doubt. And you're playing against the GOAT. But really, the, it's the Buccaneers. They're making mistakes. They're this and that, blah, blah, blah. Now, they say that it's correctable, that they will clean it up. They will play. Arian said they haven't played for 60 minutes. We will see, though. This is week number two. That for for good long chunks of the game, and you're never going to be perfect for an entire game, they don't look that good. And the Falcons team got crushed by the Philadelphia Eagles the week before. That's why you can't, that's why I don't bet on NFL games. You're driving crazy. Week to week, it's like you look at what happened this past week, and when the scores are coming down, you're seeing the stats, and you're like, what? How is that possible? Didn't last week they look like dog shit? So, it's, you know, once you start getting into it, and then once you get into playoffs, by the time you hit the playoffs, I noticed, I love it when it gets to playoff time. Baseball in general, I remember, I can't remember who the Rays were playing a couple of years back. It was either the, it was past like the ALDS. It might have been the ALCS, uh, may, maybe the point of the World Series, but just watching like pregame when they're taking grounders or they're hitting or, you know, just everything. And I just, it's, it stuck with me. It was a couple of years ago and I was just mesmerized by like, wow, they are the best of the best playing their best ball because this, they're this far in the playoffs. This was even in baseball in general. I was just like, look at how fine tuned they are from their grounders, the throws, the hitting, the fielding, the everything, the pitching. It's like, wow. And it's the same thing for football, even basketball as well. When you're, when you're, when remember when the Golden State Warriors are just teams that, not even that, not even when you were juggernauts, it's just a thing of beauty. So you know what? I tried not to go back to my, 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 my sports sports, but here we go, right? Here we go. So anyway, that's what we're going to, that, that's it today. We'll see what happens for next week. Um, I'm really going to try to mix it up a little bit. You know, it's not going to be all box and football. Football. We're going to break. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna mix it up a little bit. So uh, I thank you. You know, like, subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, uh, tell your friends. It is The Rock Stops Here. A-listers, guys, girls, women, men that have made it to the top, but also what about after the top? What about after when you're done? Because these athletes, like an Ian, when it's when when Father Time calls your name or you don't you don't have the call anymore, they walk you out. You're you're 30 years old. You're 31, 32 years old. Think about how young that is. What do you do now? You've always been the man in high school and the man in college. And then here you are in the NFL and there's no longer the fame and there's no longer all that money. And you got a girlfriend and the girlfriend is used to being wined and dined and might, you might even have paid for a nice whip for her or you're, you're, you're in a nice expensive home and you have money for jewelry and you got money to 
buy everybody the drinks and all that stops. And then everybody goes bye-bye because you're not, you're no longer the man. You're no longer on top. What do you do? And you've worked your whole life in that particular profession to be at the top. What do you do? That's why I give an Ian Beckles credit. That's why I give Brad Culpepper who played in the NFL and was taking law courses while he was an NFL player. Who does that in the offseason and set himself up to be a successful attorney? That's incredible, man. I really give it up. So anyway, look, hang in there. If you're going through a rough time, it won't last forever. You know what I'm saying? And try to enjoy each and every day. Let's enjoy the day. I'm going to try to enjoy the day. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place, same bat channel. Radio Influence. All right? This has been another edition, thank you, of The Rock Stops Here. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I wanted to really chat with you guys today all about football and food and why football season is such a great time to really get adventurous and try some new things in addition to some of those classics that we always think of when it comes to watching a game. So first and foremost, I have been spending the last couple weeks really chatting with different restaurant owners and just kind of picking their brain about football season. Now, There is a a staffing crisis that is still going on all throughout the country. And in fact, just yesterday evening, I was with one of my friends who owns a place, actually two locations in this area. And I was just listening to all the trouble that they're going through right now because they don't have enough kitchen staff. They had to actually take some things off the menu just to kind of alleviate pressure because they are dealing with, you know, shortages in the kitchen every single day. So... One thing that a lot of restaurants are doing, especially ones that are, you know, not faced with staffing issues, they're putting together special packages for football season. And these are great because they have some wonderful menus where you can choose whether it's, you know, different types of appetizers, side dishes, whatever. And it's really good for the restaurants because when they have these orders ahead of time, it just makes it easier for them to prepare. And they're not kind of thrown into the wolves on Sunday, if especially if they're short staffed, getting all these orders coming in. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.